May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Happy New Year. Our scripture reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 2, 21 to 40. <clears throat> when the eighth day arrived for the child's circumcision, he was given the name Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the day came for him to be purified, as laid down by the law of Moses, the couple took Jesus up to Jerusalem and presented him to God. For it is written in the law of God, every firstborn heir to be consecrated to God. They likewise came to offer a sacrifice, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons, in accord to the dictate of the law of God. Now there in Jerusalem was a man named Simeon. He was devout and just, anticipating the consolation of Israel. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. She had reveled to Sivian that he wouldn't see, the, see death until he had seen the Messiah of God. Prompted by the Spirit, Simeon came to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child to perform the customary rituals of the law, he took the child in his arms, praised God, saying, now, O oh God, you can dismiss your servant in peace, just as you promised, because my eyes have seen salvation, which you have prepared for all the people to see, in light of the revelations to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. As the child's mother and father stood there marveling at the things there that they were being said, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, the mother, the child is destined to be the downfall and the rise of many in Israel and to be the sign that is rejected so that the secret thoughts of many may be laid bare and a sword will pierce your heart as well. <clears throat> there was a woman named Anna, the daughter of Phineal of the tribe of Asher, who was also a prophet. She had lived a long life, seven years with her husband, and then was widowed to the age of 84. She never left the temple, worshiping day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to that moment, she gave thanks to God and talked about the child who has anticipated the deliverance of Jerusalem. When the couple had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of God, they returned to Galilee and their own town of Nazareth. The child grew in size and strength. He was filled with wisdom, and grace of God was with him. I had my sermon in the bag with Gramps, and I didn't realize that when I was brushing off my car getting in, a lot of snow got in the bag. So it's drying out here. If it doesn't make sense halfway through, it's because I'm in the wrong order. 
Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This is one of my very favorite passages of Scripture for several reasons. It's not very well known. Is this new to you today, Anna and Simeon, that story? It only comes up in the lectionary once every three years, and it's the Sunday after Christmas when not many people are in church. We call these days the Sunday after Christmas, Sunday after Thanksgiving. It's sort of are the, the festivals of the associate pastor. <laughs> and now that I'm uh, working part-time at Stillwater, I get to preach those every time. And I don't have any old ones because for a long time I was a big deal senior pastor and didn't have to preach those days. So it's good work for me. Anyhow, um, the second reason I this passage is it features two very old people. And I like old people. I liked old people even before I became one. And finally, the very old people have been waiting a very, very long time, and they get what they're waiting for. I like happy endings. So, if you want, you can follow along in the bulletin as we look at this passage, but you don't have to. Luke chapter 2, beginning with the 22nd verse, there are three acts in this passage. First, Mary and Joseph come to the temple. When the day came for them to be purified as laid down by the law of Moses, the couple took Jesus up to Jerusalem, presented him to God. For it's written in the law of our God, every firstborn heir is to be consecrated to God. They likewise came to offer in sacrifice a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accord with the dictate of the law of our God. Two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Actually, what Leviticus prescribes is a pigeon and a lamb. But lambs are expensive. If you can't afford a lamb, you can just bring two pigeons. And that's what Mary and Joseph did. So right at the beginning of this gospel, we have this Jesus identification with the poor, a theme that Luke carries out throughout the entire gospel. Now note that Luke is careful to say that all of this is according to the law of Moses. He makes it very clear that Jesus, from the very beginning, is a good Jew, obedient to the law of Moses. So this first act is the foundation, Mary and Joseph bringing the child to the temple. Second act begins with verse 25. Now there lived in Jerusalem a man named Simeon. He was devout and just, anticipating the consolation of Israel, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. She had revealed to Simeon that he wouldn't see death until he had seen the Messiah of God. Prompted by the Spirit, Simeon came to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child, to perform the customary rituals of the law, he took the child in his arms and praised God. We'll stop there for a moment. What a tender picture. The aged Simon cradling in his arms this eight-day-old baby. When our children were young, I sometimes took them with me on pastoral calls, starting when they were babies. Boy, people were excited. I didn't matter a bit. Just hand me the baby, you go do whatever you want. Make a couple more calls and come back. 
baby. Luke emphasizes Simeon's special qualifications. He is righteous and devout. He spent a lifetime looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rests on him and reveals to him that he will not die until he has seen the Messiah. Wow. Imagine that. Imagine that the Holy Spirit reveals to you that you will not die before you see the second coming of Christ. I would live in a state of expectation and constant vigil for a few weeks. <laughs> Simeon, day after day, year after year. Surely over the years, Simeon has prayed a thousand prayers, hoped a thousand hopes, and suffered a thousand disappointments. And some of us can identify with that. Long, long waiting and praying and hoping. Some of us have prayed for a loved one, a spouse or a child or a sibling or a parent, to return from the far country speaking metaphorically, be freed from mental illness or from drugs or crime, or we prayed for physical healing for ourselves or a loved one day after day, year after year. Or we've prayed for the healing of a marriage. Or we prayed for peace in the world. I've prayed for peace in the Middle East day after day, year after year, decade after decade. Sometimes my hope, I was going to say falters, but falters is about the best it gets these days. Sometimes my hope for peace in the Middle East dies entirely. When our dreams don't come true in a day, we need to keep in mind that God is still at work, still wrapping the package, still preparing the gift to fit our needs and preparing us for the gift. We need to pray not just for the gift, but also for patience to wait for God's unveiling. Verse 29, Now, O God, you can dismiss your servant in peace just as you promised because my eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared for all the peoples to see, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now this is the first time that word shows up in Luke's gospel, the Gentiles. Jesus will be a light of revelation to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. Luke wrote another book in the Bible. What was it? Acts. It's unfortunate that the editors got the book of John in between Luke and Acts because it's a two-part story. And Acts is the story of the expansion of the church from a few Jews on into the Gentile world. And within very few years, 95% of the followers of the way of Jesus are non-Jews. But this is the first time it's mentioned. And Luke likely is a Gentile himself, writing primarily for a Gentile audience. 
Then things turn. As the child's mother and father stood there marveling at the things that were being said, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary the mother, This child is destined to be the downfall and the rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that is rejected so that the secret thoughts of many may be laid bare and a sword will pierce your heart as well. Imagine all these wonderful things said about your baby and then you get this. A prediction of the unimaginable pain of watching your child being nailed to a cross. Third act. There was also a prophet, Anna. Anna is old. Either 84, or as what the Greek says literally, is widowed for 84 years. Married seven years, then widowed for 84 years. So maybe she was 14 when she got married. Had a marriage for seven years, 21, plus 84. She's 105, or at least 84. She's old, okay? Presumably, Simeon was also old when he says, now let your servant depart in peace. The picture is one who has been clinging to hope for decades after decades. So we have old people who have been waiting. And waiting is hard. I'm going to have a grandchild next summer if everything goes well. Have I mentioned that? I thought probably. <laughs> Took me quite a while, though. I'd say that's pretty good. And I am 71 years old. I have been waiting. It's hard. Now, speaking of waiting, as I was working on this sermon over the last couple of weeks, I was planning that after my brilliant exposition of this scripture passage, to then moving on into sharing with you my brilliant wisdom as to how the St. Luke community can best move forward into the future. I'm still waiting on the Holy Spirit for that part of the sermon. I have some ideas, but they need to percolate a little bit longer. Come back again. Okay, continuing with verse 37. Anna never left the temple but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. So while waiting, Anna and Simeon are worshiping in the temple, going about their business faithfully. They are great examples. We all know people like that, worshiping, praying, faithfully but quietly, working at church, doing good in the community, praying and working for justice. Simeon and Anna are great witnesses that Jesus is the Messiah. They are people who would have had credibility because they are very old in a society that does not mock the aged but reveres them. They have long track records of faithfulness. So if you are a Jew and you need convincing that Jesus is the Messiah, you don't get any better witnesses than Simeon and Anna. I remember reading many years ago about a young man who said, I always talk to old people. I can assure you 
that that young man has been very blessed because of that practice. I always talk to old people. I know that it certainly has been a lifelong privilege for me to talk with old people. Some of my most happy and blessed years in ministry were when I was a chaplain with old people. I was 50 when I became a chaplain. It was so fun to be that nice young man once again. (laughs) And another thing that has taken me an unbelievably long time to realize, and, and it comes from either leading or attending funerals, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. It finally has dawned on me that every single person is so dang interesting. Every single person. Be sure to talk to old people. Back to the gospel. Simeon has another reason for being there because Simeon, Simeon announces that there has been a change in plan. People had been, had been expecting a Messiah to change things. Shazam! For a military general to come in on a white war horse, overthrow the Romans, and make everything better today. But instead, here is a baby. A baby. The Holy Spirit confirmed that he was the Messiah for whom Simeon longed. I expect that Simeon was not expecting a baby. But we don't know. We have heard this story all of our lives. So we don't appreciate the 90-degree turn that Simeon announces. It's not going to be a conquering hero. A true power isn't in military might, but in suffering love. God is going to change the world, not with force, but with love. As I shared in the children's sermon a couple weeks ago, in answer to our prayer, sometimes God says yes, and sometimes no, and sometimes I have a better idea. And for the future of St. Luke, we all have our hopes and our dreams, what we think should happen. But perhaps God has a better idea. Like Simeon and Anna, let us be faithful in our waiting and our working, our longing and our hoping and praying. And remember, the world is going to be won by true power. The power of love. Amen? Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. 
We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.